millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the round two Wimbledon catch-up. Today's Passing Shot podcast, we will be recapping the events of day three and day four at Wimbledon. I'm Joel, the Wandering Wildcard, and for the first time in what feels like forever, I'm joined, I'm reunited with my co-host, Kim, the self-confessed Queen of Clay. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm I'm back, um, back to, to being with you, Joel, after my exploits in the queue. <laughs> I've, I'm pleased to say I've had a full night's sleep in my own bed and a lovely shower and lots of tea today. I've been watching it at home, which has been quite nice. Um, although I have missed being there on the grounds. Um, I'm going back tomorrow for more fun and games on the grass. So um, looking forward to that. But yeah, it's been nice to have like a day at home <laughs> watching it on the box. And me and Kim actually were at Wimbledon together watching live tennis, which I think was the first time since, was it Australian Open, was it, maybe? Last uh, year, the... yeah. Yeah. Long time. So that was, <laughs> that was great. We were repping the, the Passing Shop brand. I think we got a, we got a new listener um, and we were, yeah, roving the, the, ground, the grounds uh, on our ground passes. Um, just give a, sh- a special shout out to uh, my friend Tom, who was able to hook us up with a couple of ground passes. So thank you. Thank you for that. But um, let's move on to the main talking points from day three and day four. And I think there is one place we can start, Kim, because you're a Rafa fan. And that was the blockbuster showdown between Nadal and Nick Kyrgios that just happened uh, and just finished actually about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and I'm very pleased with the result, shall we just <laughs> say. Um, didn't really know what to expect. Didn't know what Kyrgios was going to turn up. Um, but, you know, I thought Rafa played really well and just kept his cool. And that's what he needed to do. He just needed to remain focused, not let the antics and the, I don't know, the childishness down the other end kind of get to him and, and just just keep his cool, really. Because, you know, Kyrgios lost the first set, started whinging arguing with the umpire got a warning for uh for that and uh then you know when he actually managed to kind of get into the match and get the second set he sort of stopped moaning so much and got down to it a bit more and then uh those two tie breaks I was very relieved that Rafa came through those <laughs> yeah because his record I think going into the match he hadn't actually won a tie break against exactly uh, he hadn't won a tie break against Kyrgios but but just to your point earlier I'm I'm just glad Nick Kyrgios turned up because I, I saw on social media last night that he was he was still in the dog and fox uh the local pub 
uh, past 11pm on a on a school night. Well, yeah, I mean, was he actually drinking or was he having orange juice? I, I don't know if there's been any like reports on that. But I mean, I'm sure Rafa was still awake then, but he was probably just having like dinner at his house uh, just down the road. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, oh, he knows with Kyrgios. Um, I sort of, I don't know. There's a lot of hyperbole about Kyrgios on all the like tennis media, all the pundits. And I don't know, I've got to the point where I'm just finding it tiresome. I don't find him interesting anymore. I find it quite boring. It's the same over and over again. Oh, he's such a bad boy. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm just glad that Rafa put him to bed, to be honest with you, because I can't I can't be dealing with all this. He's just, <laughs> it's his, his antics don't do anything for me. They never really did, but they just don't anymore. Maybe, you know, I'm sure you'll disagree with me, Rafa. Uh, Joel, I was going to call you Rafa then. I'm sure you disagree <laughs> with me. And I know there's lots of fans who love Kyrgios. But for me, I'm just sort of, I'm done. I'm done with that. Yeah, Kim, I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you here because I think he, I mean, today he just showed how talented he is. And I almost think he's like a, he's like a big match player. When, whenever you give him a spotlight, you know, marquee match, round two at Wimbledon, he just turns it on. And, you know, today's match was really high quality. And I think, you know, looking, you know, listen, watching it and listening to it on TV, the the atmosphere it made it feel like it was a, a semi final or or a final it didn't feel like a you know run of the mill you know round two match it was really kind of tense at, at, at a few points and and there were certainly two flash points for me um, that happened that I think would cause great debate the first one I, I'm going to assume you we weren't particularly happy with was the um, Kyrgios forehand when when Nadal was at the net which was hit straight at him Nadal was able to get his racket on it. But um, it was it was very much a, a body it was very much a body shot and it was very it was hit very hard. Yeah, I uh, yeah, <laughs> bit of a bit of a controversial shot maybe. But um, I personally love the uh, the Novak Djokovic esque missed overhead into the net <laughs> on the f- first point of the fourth set tie break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Kyrgios, he's extremely talented. Yeah, he, I, I concur that he shows up for the big matches. And it's like, although he seems to, I don't know, find Rafa a bit salty or whatever, you know, their comments in advance of the match. It seems like, yeah, he does respect the top guys because when he plays them on a show court, he he does turn up in terms of his tennis. But then it seems to be the, I don't know, the lower ranked players on the outside courts where he perhaps just doesn't and, and I'm like is that because he's not respecting you know the Dennis Istamins of the world or the Malik Jaziris I'm not sure or is it just that he he needs that you know that love from the crowd the attention um I think yeah I think it if I'm in his shoes it's like I would just love to start Wimbledon or the Grand Slams at round four mm. like I don't want to do the I don't want to do the early rounds they're not you know they're not big time enough for me I want to I want to get to the you know the business end straight away but uh you know of course grand slam tennis isn't like that you know you have to you know you have to come through you know the early rounds and uh, i think with Kyrgios, he's got to have to learn to you know respect kind of lower ranked opponents you know this was obviously a great opportunity for him against you know a big opponent but we want to see these sorts of matches in you know in the second week we want to see these in the semi-finals because there's no doubt he's got the talent to you know to get to the business end of of these tournaments but also with this matchup you know because he beat Rafa five years ago and at that time in that match you know Kyrgios was like 144 in the world um, and he was much younger and you know it was a big shock you know people weren't really expecting it but on this match everyone was like you know marking it as the popcorn match so there was more expectation on Kyrgios 
And I don't know, like he did play well, but it wasn't like sensational lights out. Oh my gosh, Rafa is like getting wiped off the court. Like I never felt like that. So I'm just, you know, questioning if Kyrgios ever got to a point where he was expected to win these matches or in a position where there was a lot of pressure. Like, would he be able to stand up to that? We've never seen him go into one of these matches as the true favourite. And I just think, yes, people like Billie Jean King have come out and said, oh, he's a genius. He's got like as much talent in like one fingernail as whatever. But I just think, is that just too much hyperbole? There's plenty of other talented players who can do what Nick Kyrgios does and they don't, you know, disrespect the umpire, the line judges, whoever, the opponent, you know, on basically every match he plays at the moment. Um, and that's what I'm sick and tired of, personally. Um, <laughs> again, it's what a about, what about topic, his... but hey. <laughs> he gets, I mean, you can't deny, he gets people talking. And in one aspect, he gets people talking a lot about is the underarm serve, because yep. I do believe he did ace Nadal with an underarm serve. And he just, I think, again, it just shows completely legitimate tactic particularly against someone like Nadal, who does have a tendency to stand you know, miles behind the baseline. Yeah, it's legitimate. But I know we've had this argument before. It's sort of like an unsaid, unwritten rule. Like you don't really do it. I mean, yeah, he, he did like two in the whole match. So it's not like he's doing it left, right and centre. But anyway, I mean, Rafa, he's got to play Joe Wilfred Songa next. So his draw, you know, doesn't really get any easier. Um, so... <laughs> It goes from one tough opponent to the other for Rafa. Um, let, let's move on, shall we, to some of the other action from today because, um, you know, Kyrgios is, is, yes, a lot of people talk about him, but I don't really want to fall into the trap of giving him the attention I don't know he seems to crave. So <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> some of the other matches. Let's start on the men's side of the draw. So we had 2017 finalist Marin Cilic losing in straight sets to Zhao Souser of Portugal. Um, did you see that one coming? Straight sets? Uh, not, not at all. St- straight sets as well. Uh, I think, you know, Sousa obviously beat um, Paul Jubb, I think, in the in the first round. You know, he's not a player that you kind of would put in the mix, I guess, at, you know, at Wimbledon, particularly against someone of um, Chilich's calibre. So, yeah, was very, very surprised by that. Um, I don't know. I mean, Chilich this season's not, I don't think, had the, you know, the greatest... You know, greatest vein of form um but certainly on a grass court he feels you know he does feel at home he, he's shown that but yeah maybe it was just an off day I don't know yeah I mean and but interestingly enough for Dan Evans uh Dan will now play Zhao Souser because um another exciting men's match today Dan came through in straight sets against Basilashvili who is in the top 20 and but Dan's form has just continued on um and he was very you know, comfortable in those first two sets and it got a bit dodgy at the end of the match I was watching, but he he managed to do it. Um, yeah, I think it was a tie break in the third set. So um, I'm glad that Dan is not playing Chilich, but he's playing Zhao Salzo in the third round. I think that is, again, a winnable match. <laughs> yeah, certainly. It's a great opportunity for Evo to get to the, to get, to get to the second week and um, yeah, continue his, his, his form because it's been exceptional not just at Wimbledon, but over the grass court season. And to kind of, yeah, take out Basilashvili, particularly, as you said, in that third set, when I think he was up a break and, you know, Basilashvili pulled it back. He didn't like, he didn't let that get to him. And, you know, it, it you know, I think uh, maybe if, I mean, if I was in Dan Evans' shoot, I'd be thinking about, you know, the previous round. And, you know, James Ward was two sets up against uh, Basilashvili and, you know, he came back to win that. And I wonder if that was going through his mind a little bit because, 
um because yeah i was a little bit a little bit nervy but yeah managed to managed to pull out the the win um the win in three so um yeah that that was yeah, a, a also good had we also had um quite a few five setters that have just finished uh over on the men's side of the draw so fognini has just beaten martin fuxovics in the fifth set Ten, uh, tennis sangram beat jill simon uh in the fifth set i think that was a an eight six job um Still yet to use the 12 all tie break, um, which I'm kind of looking forward to that coming up at some point. Um, <laughs> and then also, I think one of my new personal favourites, uh, Matteo Berrettini, he won in straights against Bagdatis, who has now retired from tennis. Um, so I'm per- personally looking forward to a Berrettini Federer fourth round, uh, should that the draw be... allow that. Yeah, that could be a very tasty lineup. Kim, just back on that 12 all. When is that 12-all tiebreak going to be brought out? I can mm. tell you when it's going to be brought out. Opelka versus Rayanich. <laughs> Rayanich, whatever, in the next round. That has got 12-all fifth set written all over it, surely. Well, yeah, Opelka on the Wednesday, yesterday, he beat Stan 8-6 in the fifth. So that that was the biggest upset, perhaps, of, of Wednesday. Uh, yeah, two massive servers. I there's got to be at least a couple of tie breaks going on in that match. Um, I'm not sure I could sit through a whole match of that and maybe pop in <laughs> for a set or, or so, or just pop in for the yeah. tie breaks. Well, I was just saying, and speaking of big servers, we also had another five setter today. Uh, John Isner versus uh, Kukushkin. Yes. And John Isner, John Isner lost uh, six, four in the fifth set. Um, I think that, you know, John Isner is back coming back from injury. I think that was his first tournament in a while. But um, again, I mean, he was coming in as the ninth seed, very good grass court player. Um, but yeah, another uh, another big server out. And he's out on the 4th of July as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell I'm I'm not very sympathetic. Um, <laughs> well, he reached the semis last year, didn't he? So, I mean, kudos to Kukushkin because he obviously managed to break his and serve quite a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, also, though, going back to five set matches, Kyle Edmund um two sets and three love up and then he lost to Vadasco. um I mean I was surprised he was two sets up and three love up to be quite honest just just based on Kyle's form and confidence levels and perhaps his knee so I was kind of pleasantly surprised at that point Kim we were we were on the we were on the front steps of the screen uh, on Hemman Hill when <laughs> when Edmund lost that Edmund lost that third set and we looked at each other and we said Edmund's losing this in five yeah <laughs> I know I mean it was quite predictable and then he seemed to be you know grimacing and struggling with I don't know if he like re-injured the same the knee you know was playing up playing it playing him up again or what but I mean it was a shame but interestingly enough um no Brit other than Andy Murray has actually defeated Fernando Vadasco since 2006. Um, and the only other British players to beat uh, Vadasco in his career are Tim Henman and, I'm sorry, but I've never heard of this person, Arvind Pamar. Is he, is Arvind he, pa- is he British? Yeah. Is, is he a player? Uh, I don't know I who he is. <laughs> Kim, how do you not know? Our, it's, I think it's Arvind Palmer. Oh, sorry. And... <laughs> I he hadn't he had an excellent mid two thousands run for, uh, for Great Britain. Right. I seem to recall he had an epic five set win against Andre Saar 
of Brazil. When he played singles. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, all, that's all I've got. But wow. um, yeah, Vadasco, Vadasco is a very tricky opponent. Very, um, you know, he seems to be like the, yeah, the absolute nemesis of, of Brits. And, um, you know, I think I said to you yesterday, it, it was almost like a, a, for me, it was like almost like retaliation for when he lost to Murray in five sets after being two sets up. Uh, so I think he's, he's come back and he's, he's kind of like, you know, he's repaid the favour against uh, and taken it out on Carl Edmund. But, yeah, and um, also yeah, while just... that match was going on, Feliciano Lopez was playing Karen Hatchinov and I thought, oh, that's a tasty match. And I was really hoping that Feliciano would come through, but he didn't. So the Queen's champion, you know, his dream grass court run has kind of ended. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was a tough task against Hatchinov um, and I think it was quite an entertaining match pretty pretty close so um yeah i think i think Kachinov could could go under the radar a little dark bit horse, in terms of, dark uh, horse. yeah poten- potentially he's 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 decent player he's got a good game for a grass court um yeah so i'm i'm kind of yeah potential dark horse there. well i think he could reach the quarterfinals he's got bautista or goot tomorrow and then possibly the pair or vesely um so he could be on for a quarter with Anderson or Rayonich or Rayonich <laughs> um and then I mean he could get to the semis against Novak yeah I mean he he could be a dark horse um well we will see um just another note on some of the other British players who were in action today in the men's side of proceedings uh Cam Norrie Jay Clark they kind of did what we thought they would do and that is losing straight sets to their opponents on the show courts but I mean Cam was up against Nishikori um, Cam was a break up actually in the first set and I thought oh you know maybe he can grab a set but it kind of just fell away from him and especially in the last set he got bageled so that was a bit disappointing yeah you felt that you felt that he needed to win that first set to have any, any sort of chance and, yeah. Uh, yeah unfortunately that didn't materialize but um but yeah and and the same really for for Jay Clark who who I think he grew into the match I think he took Federer to a tie break in yes. in the second set but um yeah again kind of you know, straight sets to be nothing nothing out of the out of the ordinary there really no i mean it's nice he managed to kind of get you know <laughs> get his chance his moment on center yeah, true. And, and build and grow and learn from that so um I mean, I mean yeah i mean to be fair you know british wildcard i think he's certainly kind of showed you know the you know reasons to reason he's shown that he should have been given a wild card in the first place and um you know to win a, a match you know at grand slam level you know play roger federer on um you know center court number one court um you know that would have been an experience that he can uh treasure forever yeah exactly and actually this has been the first time since 2006 that there have been seven brits in the second round of the singles at wimbledon so i mean okay we've we've now lost um nori we've lost uh clark we've lost uh heather watson we've lost swan katie well yeah she katie lost swan. in the first round didn't she um yeah but i mean interestingly enough like do you know who the who those seven were that reached the second round in in 2006 i've, I've been yeah, trying to I... think <laughs> <laughs> yeah any of our any of our listeners uh yeah our, our kind of quiz question to you from for this catch-up is Seven Brits in round two. Last time that happened, 2006. Five men and two women. Who were they? Give you kind of like 15 seconds to think about it. Because <laughs> well, uh... pause now if you don't want to know the spoiler. Because <laughs> we're probably going to tell them. <laughs> but I think Andy Murray surely in there. Yeah, and Tim Henman. And 
Tim Henman. I think everyone will get them. And then yeah, there's a few there's a few rogue names in Kim. Um well actually we should be we should be honest. Um Joel quizzed me on this earlier, so I now know the answers. But earlier I was racking my brains and I thought, oh, Anki Othavong, Elena Baltacher for the for the two women, and they were both a no. Um so then I you thought said them, you said them so confidently as well. Yeah, I know. I was like, I it must kind be of, them. <laughs> on my WhatsApp, I would just like brutally put no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I came up with Melanie Self, which was correct. May I just yep. say? And I was mm-hmm. guessing Naomi Cavaday, Katie O'Brien. They were both a no. Um, gosh, who else was there? Jocelyn Ray, I think was 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 in in the in the bundle <laughs> All, of candidates. Yeah. All valid, all valid guesses, but uh, it was Sarah Borwell, who, who, I, you know, I mean, maybe the die-hard British fans from yesteryear will know who Sarah Borwell was. I think she had, a, she had a okay-ish uh, doubles career, but um, yeah, quite a, um, yeah, quite an obscure British name, I guess. Um, and yeah, a few others as well from the British side. Um, Jamie Delgado actually um, mm. now working with Andy, round. obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one was quite e- easier to think of because I was trying to think of players who are, you know, in commentary or coaching now that we would know of. But um, do you know, I I didn't actually think they overlapped, but apparently they did. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, the other name, Richard Bloomfield. Um, he he, I I know the name, but I just would never have been able to to bring that up but like, i just you know i really Kim, i look, had to i looked him up and literally his grand slam results uh were like qualifying round one for australian open qualifying round two for a french open the the result that stuck out was round two wimbledon so uh i think that was a like a, fl- a flash, <laughs> a in, flash the pan, in the but, pan uh... <laughs> but the last name now i've never heard of this guy which i can't never, believe ever. because I can't believe because he, according to Wikipedia anyway, was former <laughs> world junior number one. For like a day. I mean, he might have been number one for a day. <laughs> uh, Martin Lee. <laughs> Who on earth is he? But you said that he'd reached four second rounds at Wimbledon in his time. So it wasn't just, you know, just 2006. But I mean, that is kind of before my time. So uh, maybe maybe we'll have to locate him, track him down, and get him on the pod, and then he can tell us, you know, all about his career. Well, uh, all I would say is I'm just hoping it's not another thirteen odd years before we have another seven. Yes. And, but hey, if our if our podcast is still going in thirteen years' time, we can do a little. Maybe we'll have a little question harking back to this cherished moment <laughs> on the uh, on the seven Brits in in round two. Maybe uh, Bernard Tomic could just, uh, you know, instead of tanking in his matches and losing his prize money, he could just donate that amount to us for the, you know, future of the podcast so we can be here in 13 years' time because £45,000 would be quite useful, wouldn't it, Joel? Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, it wasn't surprising. Um, I think it was actually one of the easier, easiest decisions the tournament referee or whatever, match referee, uh, would have will have to make over the coming fortnight because yeah losing losing in 58 minutes to Songa in the first round 
um, in a yeah best of five set match. That is totally impossible. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. It's, it's almost as, impossible. It's almost isn't impressive. It? It's almost impressive. Even by Tomic's standards. But um, yeah, Tomic fined forty-five thousand pounds, which I actually think was all all of his first round. Yeah, it was. What he got for losing first round. I think the interesting thing there though is that Asonga came out today with some comments basically saying that you know the fact that he's his opponent got fined for um not giving a proper match it almost he feels like it kind of slighted his performance mm. it almost kind of belittled his performance the fact that you know he it, it just kind of suggests that he could just turn up and win when well actually he still has to kind of you know, he still has to kind of play some you know he still has to play tennis yeah. to, and not kind of let all this shenanigans kind of affect him and trying to just get on with his game so that was I think that was kind of interesting to see you know kind of this a perspective on you know other players not giving it their all and and how it affects their opponent across the net yeah exactly I mean Songa's backed that up by beating Ricardus Barankis um I think fairly comfortably so I'm sure Songa did play reasonably well and uh you know did what he had to do let's move on to the ladies now so the women's side of the draw had a few little upsets today, uh, most notably... Little, um, little, little upsets. upsets. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, just defending champion. <laughs> Angelique Kerber has fallen um, in three sets to Lauren Davis. Um, yeah. Six Sorry, one in the third def- set. <laughs> defending champion out to a lucky loser. Yeah, that but it's is... Lauren Davis. I mean, I think that had upset, you know, potential from the word well, go. You know, I, she, I mean, she has grass court. She's been she's good in a grass school and she is feisty. Yeah. You know, she almost and beat Hallett last year at that AI. Yeah, I was well, I was going to say to, she, uh, did she have match points? I she think match she might have Hallett? done, yeah. Yeah. So I I get that she's got she's got pedigree when it comes to uh grand slams and you know top against top 10 players. Uh but yeah, still for me that is very very surprising for uh you know Kerber looked very good, you know, in in round 1. Um mm. just yeah, I Oh, yeah, quite shocked by that. Who are you looking um, at now? I mean, Kvitova looks quite quite good. She won against Mladenovic today, straight sets. So in terms of ex-champions sort of looking strong, I well, think I'm... she's sort of, uh, her and Barty would be the ones to go for maybe. I mean, not the Barty's one at Wimbledon, but Barty again played really well today. She beat Alison Van Utvank straight sets. 14 consecutive I... wins now for Barty. Yeah, I do you know what? I think I I don't actually think Serena Williams is playing that well and mm. it wouldn't totally surprise me if we have a new women's champion whether that's Ash Barty or whether that's Joe Conta because Joe Conta has been playing some exceptional tennis in her in her first two rounds as well. Well, she's got Sloane Stevens next. So she beat uh, Sinyakova today in straight sets. She's got Sloane Stevens again. They they seem to play all the time. Um but then it would be Kvitova after that probably. So Joe's got to be, you know, up to the mark and spot on with her game. Um, but yeah, she has been she has been in good form. Um, and Kiki Burton's people aren't really talking an awful lot about her, but she is actually the fourth seed. She saved a match point today to beat Taylor 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 Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was watching that match. And I thought, oh, Taylor, you know, Taylor Townsend was a set and a break up, went to a second set tie break, and then you know fell away from her in the third. But I mean that that would have been a really good win for for Taylor. Yeah, she would be disappointed by that because she was so close to winning it. But yeah, Kiki Burton showed 
tremendous fight to take that second set and then yeah go on and, and win the match yeah and Serena only just came through her match really three sets and I mean yeah she looks shaky doesn't she she doesn't look sort of the Serena of old like she needs I guess a few more matches to maybe try and find her her game and maybe playing the mixed doubles with Andy Murray will help with that you know more well, time well, on court maybe that was Maybe that was in her, you know, maybe that was in her mind, you know, in her approach that she just needed more, you know, more minutes on a grass court. You know, I, I still, do you know what? I still would have preferred Murray to have played with Azarenka. I don't know if that was ever a possibility, but. Well, apparently um, she was, she was asked about that in her press conference and she said that he never asked her. So, I mean, I wonder why that was. Maybe he just doesn't think her style is, is good for him or. I'm not sure, really. But I mean, Azarenka yesterday, she played two matches and only lost three games. So she thrashed Tomlanovic 6-2, 6-love. And then with Barty in the doubles, they thrashed Morozova and Sanders 6-love and 6-1. So Azarenka was on fire yesterday and she plays Halep tomorrow. So Yeah, that's going to be a proper popcorn. Well, I'm hoping that's going to be a proper popcorn match because they've both been they've both been playing well. Both high quality players. I really hope Azarenka can pull the upset, but uh, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I guess you know. I guess on the mixed doubles thing with Azarenka, maybe mixed doubles, ladies doubles with Ash Barty, where they've definitely got a chance of winning that as well, yeah. as well as the singles. You know, maybe that was just a bit too much tennis. Yeah, maybe Murray knew that Vika was kind of already in on two fronts and adding a third would be a bit tricky and Serena you know isn't in the women's double so perhaps that was it um but also Alison Brisk had a dramatic 9-7 in the third uh, victory today against Jorovic so she's kind of continuing that grass court form like she she won a close one against Vekic in the first round and now she's through to the third round and she's got Bencic up next um winner of that would play well most likely Ash Barty but but do you know who Ash Barty's got to play next Joel? Harriet Dart. Yes, Harriet Dart. <laughs> um, so Harriet won a bit of a topsy-turvy match with uh, Beatrice Haddad Meyer. So she won that in three sets. I think Haddad Meyer was having treatment for some injury um, towards the end, but Harriet was like making her move around as much as she could. And, you know, it, it was you know, a good last set. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting just to see how well Harriet does against Barty. And hopefully she'll be able to get more games than she did against Sharapova when she was uh, playing her at the Australian Open. Oh, yeah. Earlier in the year. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> so, that. That was an absolute, that was a double bagel, wasn't it? It was, I think? yeah. So I'm sure Harriet's yeah. learned from that. And, you know, I'm sure this will be on centre court. So hopefully she'll have a bit more of a, of a go. But she, yeah, she's, she seems to be like, you know, I like her attitude on court. She's she's really pumped up. Um, and just a note on Harriet Dart, has been doing the media today on Twitter she was uh, dropped at the last minute, it seems, by Jay Clark for the mixed doubles because he went and ended up being partnered with Coco Goff and Harriet Dart then didn't have enough time to find um, another partner. But actually, Harriet Dart and Jay Clark got to the semi-finals of the mixed doubles here last year. So you would have thought they might have wanted yeah. to have had another crack at the crack at the dice. Yeah, very... Um, I'm, I'm assuming that was the plan, but I guess... Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It, she, he sent a bin-off message to to Harriet Dart at, at like the eleventh hour, and yeah, did, she didn't have enough time 
to find someone to play with, which I guess is, it kind of gives us an insight that we don't see every day on, on how kind of doubles, doubles pairings work. And um, yeah, I don't think Harriet, I don't think Harriet Dart will be getting a, a Christmas card from Jay Clark any soon. <laughs> well, I don't think he'll be getting one from her, but um but talking of Coco oh sorry that's sorry yeah the other way around yeah (laughs) talking of Coco Goff though she's up on center court tomorrow against Polona Herzog uh third round action because Goff backed up her win against Venus by a straight sets victory over Rabarakova so I mean if Goff wins that she'd play either Halep or Azarenka I mean that's just insane like such I'm so excited for like for that potent, potential match in the fourth round, um, I just hope Goff can can go as far as possible. Really, she's uh, certainly the name on everyone's lips at the moment. Yeah, certainly. I think she she's given she's given a good account of herself already. There's no, you know, there's almost like no expectation now. But I think you know, in her press conferences, what I love is that she just shows absolutely no fear in terms of, you know, she's said like quite openly. Whoever she comes up against, she's going to have absolutely no fear um, about beating that person, um, you know, when going toe to toe with them. So I'd love you know, for her to get that chance to almost back up those words against, uh, you know, a high caliber player in Azarenka or Halep. Um, so, you know, let's see if she can come through. Um, uh, who is it? That's um, Goff. She's she playing Herzog. Yeah. Herzog. Because because Herzog has come through well she beat uh, Madison uh, Keys in straight sets Mads- so exactly so that's a bit of a surprise <laughs> um and you know just talking of Keys you know I thought maybe she would have perhaps gone deep because she's been very consistent in slams of late um but but I don't know what was going on in that match I mean it was a bit of a surprise but you know not the only one um but actually, just looking at the doubles, because Andy Murray, as we're recording this, is playing his doubles out on court one. So I'm just going to check the scores because, you know, the doubles is now well underway. Um, I actually saw a really good match yesterday um, between Cam Norrie and Jaume Munar and Dom Inglot and Krychek. Um, That was really entertaining. And Cam and Jaume won that one. So um, let's have a look. Yeah, Andy's in the fourth set. They're a breakup. So two sets to one up and Jamie's also two sets to one up with Neil Skupski. So um, lots of Brits still in the doubles, um, lots going on. And tomorrow, yeah, Andy and Serena, which is going to be on either centre or court one. So lots, um, lots of exciting stuff still to come. Hey, Joel. Yeah, certainly. I've There's lots of interesting matches to come, I think, in the third round on the men and women's sides. And we've got this Andy Murray you know, in the doubles as well. It keeps kind of British interest going. Who do you think is going to be the last Brit standing? Mm. Well, I mean, if Andy wins a few rounds of mixed doubles or or men's doubles, he could very well be the last Brit standing. Should Evans and Conta uh, and Dart fall by the wayside in the singles? Um, Let's say Dan Evans. Let's say Dan Evans. I think he'll make it to the fourth round. Not, I'm not as sure about Conta against Stevens. I, I don't know. I just have I, a feeling. Stevens seems to have won both her matches very comfortably. So I'm just thinking. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm going to go Joe Conta. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to say the loser 
the loser has to watch Opelka versus Raonic on tape from beginning to end. Oh, what? Oh, what? Game <laughs> crawling back through iPlayer. No way, Jose. Oh, sorry to any Raonic and uh, Opelka fans. Like, we're not having a... It's just the style. It's just the matchup, isn't it? It's like Opelka and Isner. It's just... Yeah. Anyway. It's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> um, we will be back in a few days' time, I think, won't we, Joel, to review the round three action and any sort of key talking points. Um, I'm back at Wimbledon tomorrow. I'm going to join the queue early in the morning. So if anyone's about, come and say hi. Um, I'm thinking Vadasco and Fabiano has five sets written all over it tomorrow. Um, but we'll see about that one. Uh, I'm personally just going to watch Freddie Nilsson in the doubles, as you do. And uh, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll be back in a few days, won't we, Joel? Uh, yeah. Uh, just on that Fabiano-Vadasco front, if it does go to five sets, I think, I think I've think i read somewhere Fabiano has, is like 5-0 and o in five-set matches in the fifth set. So he obviously loves playing a fifth set. I think he beat, he beat Karlovic, I think, in the second round on, in, a, in a fifth set. But um, yeah, if that does go five, expect a Fabiano I ex- fully expect a Fabiano victory <laughs> and one player who hasn't been playing five sets is Nishikori for once I think it was like the first <laughs> slam in three years or something where he hasn't had five setters as his opening matches so he's being a very efficient is K there's more matches I'm sure he's got more matches to come that that could inevitably go five sets so uh we'll we'll, we'll await that but um but yeah for this episode I think that kind of that wraps it up. I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to this catch up on round two at Wimbledon. Um, as Kim said, we'll be back and doing a, a round three catch up in a couple of days and also looking forward to the second week as well. So we hope you can join us then. Um, as always, if you want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Passing Shot Pod um, and also on Instagram as well at Passing Shot Pod. Uh, but until next time. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our show. We're supported by every one of our fans in the Passing Shot community. If you want to become one of them and get the latest updates from your tennis catch-up service, then all you need to do is follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. And if you like what you hear, then why not tell your friends or leave us a rating and subscribe? Thanks for listening.